Branding is all about getting in the mind of the consumer. Welcome to your personal branding podcast with Bernard Kelvin Clive, your number one career and business podcast in Ghana, bringing you expert interviews and insights into personal branding, personal development, and publishing. Now, here's your host, Bernard Kelvin Clive. Right, welcome to the, another edition of your personal branding podcast, and really excited about this edition. Longer awaited interview, Laura Reese, author of best-selling book. If you've ever been into branding and as a brand consultant, you might have come across these two popular books: Origin of Brands, written by Laura and the Dad, and Twenty-Two Immutable Laws of Branding. Laura, I'm glad to have connected with you today. Yes, thank you. It's、uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Laura, I've been in the marketing field over a decade and more, into branding, consulting, advertising.、Uh, can you give us a little bit background on how you got into advertising, branding, maybe from from that perspective and all that? Sure. Well, yeah, it's been just two decades. Actually, we、wow. celebrated that anniversary last year,、um, and I got into it because, well, my dad is Al Reese, and I grew up around his advertising agency,、uh, and saw him while he was writing his first book, Positioning, that you know changed a lot of things in the industry and got a lot of people excited about a new way of thinking about marketing、uh, instead of just looking at. Brands positioning says no, no. You need to not look at your brand or your product or your service, but you first need to look in the mind of the consumer. That's where、uh, battles are won or lost, and you need to position yourself.、Uh, so that was always fascinating to me. And so after I graduated from Northwestern University, I、uh, spent a year working at a New York advertising agency in account relations. And after that, I was like, you know, I just I want to do what my dad does, and I want to learn from the best. So I had the opportunity, and、uh, he was excited, and so we started our own company, Reese and Reese, and we've been together now just over 20 years. And you know, he has taught me a ton、um, about marketing, but also really, you need to be on the street, you need to live it, you need to、uh, work with companies, you need to study companies, and that's really how you get to be good. You see what works and what doesn't,、uh, and that makes you a great strategist. Well, wonderful, interesting. Now, Laura, let's boil it down from the basic. From you, what is branding all about? Well, branding is all about getting in the mind of the consumer.、Um, you know, certainly you have your your product or your service,、uh, but it's not really a brand. It might have a name on it, but it's not really a brand unless it owns a space in the mind of the consumer. If the consumer knows that name and knows what it stands for,、uh, again, you want to stand for something in the mind. Own a word in the mind is what we've always talked about.、Uh, the way BMW owns the ultimate driving machine,、uh, or Coca-Cola is the real thing in cola.、Uh, Um, there's lots of ways、um, to to do branding. One of which is being first in a new category is a powerful way to drive your idea in the mind. Certainly, that's what Co- Coca-Cola has done.、Um, but if you're not first, you know we have lots of techniques to help brands、uh, focusing on one key idea, like BMW did, focused on driving. Oh, interesting. So you, you're taking a position in the minds of your markets. And you, I think we're going to look at positioning strategies and branding strategies and some key reasons.、Mm-hmm. But now, let's move it a bit. How different is branding in general from personal branding? 
Laura Reese is a brand. <laughs> sure, uh, everyone. Every, yeah. <laughs> well, it's、uh, it's not totally different because you still want to own something in the mind,、uh, and everyone needs to think of themselves as a brand,、uh, whether you're in marketing or advertising or not.、Uh, if you're an accountant or a doctor, you're still a brand.、Um, you, you know, you're still you know selling your service or you know selling your stuff within a within a company.、Uh, so you've got to. To think about that,、uh, and what what can you stand for? Most people try to be great at everything,、uh, and that's not a way to build a brand.、Uh, the way to build a brand is to be really good at one thing.、Um, and you know, if you're a doctor,、um, the doctors that make the most money aren't the doctors that are general practitioners. They're specialists. They're they're eye doctors or they're brain surgeons. And having that specialty、um, and having that focus allows you to build your brand in the mind. So you know, are you a good people person? Are you a good branding person? Even in our practice, you know, we don't offer all types of services.、Uh, we just offer you know. Strategy. You know, we just work on branding strategy in a one-day session,、uh, so that makes us different in that、uh, we have applied the principle of focus to our own business and our own brands. Okay, so so basically the same thing. You you must own a position or some part in the minds of your audience or person, so that you noted for one specific thing. Can you, what about two or three or more things? <laughs> well, it's really hard to get two or more things in the mind. You got to think of of how many things people are bombarded with.、Um, you know, trying to be a specialist in one thing and and always repeating that one thing is really important. It doesn't mean that you aren't good at other things. And certainly, when、um, you know you're doing your work, you you might be good at lots of things. But it's hammering that one thing that you're best at. Uh, I think everyone, if you look really hard and deep, is really good at one thing.、Um, you know, I, I'm not really good at, at, at keeping the bills and and doing the accounting. I do it, <laughs> and I have to. Um, but I, I wouldn't promote myself as that.、Uh, I promote myself as as being an expert on on helping companies build brands. So you know, thinking about that, don't many people spend way too much time kind of justifying the negatives or trying to fix the、mm-hmm. things that they're not good? Instead, they need to spend more time doing the things they're really good at.、Uh, find someone else to do the stuff you're not good at.、Um, you know, don't try to always fix the. Problem areas. Try to improve your strength areas, and that's the same thing that companies do quite often. You know, many times, you know, they've got you know multiple brands or multiple services, and they're always trying to fix the ones that aren't selling well or not doing well. Instead, it's a better once you get rid of those things、um, and, and do more what you're good at instead of trying to to focus always on the problems.、Mm, well, so still, you really need to identify the things that you are good at. Then. You have to work on it. Now let's look at this, Laura. An author or speaker or consultant think that there are so many people in, in in my niche. How do I then stand out as a brand? There are so many people doing this particular kind of business. How do I specifically stand out among them? Well,、um, you know, it, it certainly depends. I mean, one one thing in the latest book talks about is the power of a visual. Um, and for a brand, that could mean、um, that it is the package. It could be the product itself, like a lifesaver, for example. That that candy looked very different. It had a hole in the middle, and that、uh, was an unusual thing.、Uh, and at that. Identified as the as the brand visual hammer,、uh, and 
also that linked into the name. They called them lifesavers because it looked like a lifesaver. Um, and so linking those things together, I mean, even if, um, you know, thinking about what your name is, <laughs> um, you know, in a sense that you want to make sure that it's easy to say, easy to spell, easy to remember. Uh, and maybe you can even link it into your business. Uh, you know, we have a good friend. His name is Tony Money and he's a, he, he's a real estate agent. Well, that's a terrific name for a real estate yeah. agent. There's, Nothing you want more than either to, to save money or <laughs> to get a lot of money for your house. So it's something people always think about. And as a result, it's, it's easy to remember. And, and again, being remembered is, is so important um, that, you know, you've got perhaps the right position, but you've got to make it memorable. Uh, and many times people do it with dress. Um, you know, often in fashion you think, oh, I need to have a wide variety of clothes. Well, some of the best people, Steve Jobs, for example, he had one outfit. It was the black shirt and the jeans. And you know what? People really remember that. Um, you know, we had a mayor here in Atlanta, um, and she always wore a big flower uh, pin on whatever she wore. And that was very memorable. So, you know, think about, you know, what, what kind of style choice maybe I can make. Maybe it's crazy hair. Maybe it's no hair. Um, it's not that, you know, whether it's attractive enough, it, it's whether it's different and it fits your brand. Uh, you know, whether, you know, you're trying to be serious or you're trying to be wild and crazy in the advertising business or, you know, whatever it is, you know, thinking about first, what are, what are we trying to communicate? And then finding visual ways of enhancing that communication so that people will first un understand what your position is and more importantly to remember it in the future. Wonderful. Let's pick from, from two of my, my favorite books from you and your dad, The 21 Immutable Laws of Branding. I'm going to pick three, three of my best laws. Uh, mm -hmm. Then you, you expound on that, whether it's still trending currently, that is it, are these laws still applicable to brands or emerging brands which can they use to leverage upon their brands? Sure. Okay. Now let's look at, since you started with the virtual, um, let's look at the law of color. How does color play a role in brands? Well, yeah, color is a, a really important thing. It, it can be a visual hammer, as a matter of fact. Uh, the important rule to remember is that it's always best to focus on one single color. Uh, way too often, um, you know, companies and, and people are trying to make things that are attractive. And it's always attractive to have a rainbow of colors. Uh, but it's not as memorable. It, it's far more memorable to have one single color that, that breaks through the clutter. So you see, for example, McDonald's uh, focuses on yellow and the golden arches as a powerful visual symbol for the brand. And, and particularly in retail, you know, driving down the road, you have to be extremely visible. And one color like McDonald's has with the golden arches uh, is very visible and, and, and uh, very much a part of, of their success. Um, and, and that, again, you see with Apple. Um, originally, the logo for Apple was a rainbow of colors, yeah. as a matter of fact. It was the same shape. Uh, and Steve Jobs, a few years ago, made it uh, the solid white. And that worked very well because he also, on the computer, uh, he put on the back the, the glowing white Apple, which worked very well. It'd be hard to do the multicolor. Um, and, and that really, um, you know, resonates. So don't, don't think about making it attractive. Um, you know, think about making it one single color you can own. And is 
different than your competitor. That's really important to remember as well. You know, Coca-Cola for sure owns red. And in the category of cola, you think, hey, red is really the best color. That's the color of the drink pretty much. Um, but if you're a competitor to Coke, the last thing you want to do is be red or have any red in your logo really at all. And, you know, Pepsi originally was a red, white, and blue. Uh, and they kind of got lost until they wisely switched to really the opposite and they were blue. And those blue cans, blue signage, and blue materials um, really stand out compared to the red. So if your competitor is a color, make sure that you are the opposite or a very different color than that competitor. One of the things I've noticed about uh, brands and their colors is the most, uh, most companies have red as their dominant color. Yes. Well, red, particularly in retail, red is a very in-your-face color. Uh, it, it screams for attention. And so you see a lot of retailers using it. Uh, and it is. It is a tra- As a matter of fact, it's our color. <laughs> we have, have used red as our, our singular color, if you will, for the, the Reese brand. I, I try to wear red as much as possible, as a matter of fact. Um, and so it, it is popular. But so you've got to think within your space, uh, if red is already taken, uh, it's best to do something else. On the other hand, for corporate companies, blue is the color most used. Um, blue is a, a very calm color. There's also, you know, psychological associations with most of the colors. Uh, blue is very calm, uh, not in your face, and so it's a serious color, and, and that's why most big companies, you know, IBM is called Big Blue, as a matter of fact. Um, and so, again, you know, it, it's a great color for sure, but uh, it's most important to think about looking in your category what are the other what are colors are used and you know being different is more important than having a color that might you know best represent the feeling you're trying to portray um you know yellow might be better or green or, or at least to be different uh will make you stand out and standing out is 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 really important and you always have to remember to do that mm-hmm. now let's look at the law of contraction which is like the law of focus and yeah Oh sure. Well, yeah. The law, the law of contraction is is the opposite of expansion, uh, and, and really mo- the most important principle that we talk about. It's it's the first thing you have to do in order to build a brand, um, not by standing for everything, by doing you know one thing. Um, everyone wants to expand. They want to expand their products and services, and they want to line extend. Um, the myth is that that's the way to grow, um, when the reality is quite different. The reality is is that you grow by building a brand and the way to build a brand is by narrowing the focus. Uh, you take a look at an example like for Subway restaurants. Um, it's a delicatessen. It's a deli. They sell sandwiches. And there's been delis for decades. And, and most delis, delis sold everything, all types of sandwiches and soups and salads and what have you. But Subway became famous and one of the most successful fast food restaurant chains by selling only one type of sandwich. Um, and they focused on submarine sandwiches. And when you have a focus, it makes things like picking a name a lot easier because you can connect uh, and they, of course, chose the name Subway. Uh, and today they're, they are a leader in their category as well as in the overall fast food market. They're, they're definitely in the top ten uh, with even more units, as a matter of fact, than, than McDonald's. So always thinking about what, what can we get out of uh, in order to build our brand. Mm-hmm. Now, in, in relation to that, the law of contraction and the law of expansion as directly opposite. Let's look at companies like uh, Google and companies like Facebook. Yeah. They just mm-hmm. started with, with just one solution, social media. Now Facebook is, is buying other companies. Into mm-hmm. it. So they are expanding now. So does it mean that 
from these two laws you can just niche down then begin to grow other brands under that to expand well, the thing to remember is that the lesson you want to take out of actually both Facebook um, and and Google is what did they do first? <laughs> what did they do first? They narrowed their focus way beyond what anyone else was doing. Everyone, there were several companies in search. Um, you know, Google, Yahoo was was a big leader in search, um, but the, the page was a mess. Uh, and, and they were, they didn't want to just be in search and they were in, in news and email and all sorts of things. And Google said, no, we're just going to have a white, plain white page, unlike anything anyone else was doing with one little search bar. And we are going to focus just on search. And that's what they did. And they became one of the biggest, uh, you know, most successful companies in the world. Uh, so today what Google can do is quite different from what got Google started. If Google did, you know, did what they're doing today, when they got started, they would be nowhere. Uh, they would be in the same problem that Yahoo is. Um, you know, today Google is so successful and all, you know, 80% of the revenue is still coming from search, but all that money and cash they have, you know, they have the opportunity to, to go and do lots of different things. Uh, some have worked, some haven't, but when you're that strong, um, it's a, you can, you can, the the expansion weakens you, but you're so big, so strong, you know, making so much money, it's okay. You can live with it. Most small companies can't. Uh, the expansion will get them into trouble. Same thing with Facebook. I mean, for goodness sakes, there were tons of social media type, you know, similar, very similar sites mm -hmm. to, to Facebook. But, you know, Facebook focused in, on one campus, you know, Harvard University, you know, that was the only place it started and it slowly expanded. It didn't go overnight to everybody. It slowly went to other Ivy Leagues and then it went to other colleges and, and very slowly rolled it out to everybody. And I think it was that uniqueness and that authenticity and that focus that really got people excited. And again, you know, today they're in a position where they're a dominant leader, you know, and they, so they have the opportunity to, you know, expand, um, um, and weaken themselves, but it doesn't cost them that much because they are so strong. They should think, though, in, in both cases, our best advice to a, to a company like Google or like Facebook is you have a great opportunity to launch second brands. And that's a really big, successful mm -hmm. company. Companies do. Um, Apple, for example, you know the world's you know, most profitable company. Um, you know they don't have they don't call everything Apple. No, no, they have each. Each thing, each brand dominates um, and, and in most cases pioneered a new category. So they have the Macintosh, which is their computer line. They have the iPod for music. It was the first hard drive MP3 player. Uh, they have the iPhone, which was the first touchscreen smartphone. And then, of course, they have the iPad, the first tablet computer. And that's really is the driving and profitability success of having multiple brands, each um, standing for their own category. So when you say, I got an iPhone, you don't get confused and say, what, what kind of, you know, what kind did you get besides the number? I mean, compare, think about it, compare that to Sony. Uh, if you came home and said, I bought a Sony, I mean, who who knows what you bought? I mean, mm -hmm. you could have bought an alarm clock. You put a, could have bought a computer. You could have bought a TV. You could have bought a gaming console. And as a result, you know, Sony's not making any money. Sony's in big, big trouble. Uh, a brand that's well-known, but it doesn't stand for anything, and therefore it's weak, and therefore the company um, is not making money. That, that's true. We're using a lot of categories to sell products, not just the brand names. The Sony, Sony's missing out on that. It's just Sony. Yeah. 
but yeah, I'll well, hold. there's lots. Yeah, there. It, well, category is an interesting issue because it's really categories that customers care about. You know, everyone thinks that oh, you know, people are in love with brands. No, they're not. They're in love with categories. Um, you know, it's the it's the the touchscreen smartphone that people get so excited about, and and because you know iPhone represents that category in the mind, you know, then it gets transferred. Um, and, and customers really love categories. I mean, it's, it's not the excitement of the brand Red Bull. It's the excitement of the energy drink category. It, it's what you get out of it. So, you know, it's a fallacy to think, and, and that's where companies, again, get in trouble. Red Bull has tried this. They said, oh, you know, people love Red Bull, so we're just going to offer them everything Red Bull. So if they want a cola, we're going to sell them Red Bull cola. And that, you know, we're going to take over the world because people love Red Bull so much. No, they don't. They love the energy drink so much. And when they tried to sell cola, it was a, it was a disaster. And, and management thinks, as a matter of fact, that it's the quality of the product that matters. Uh, you know, it's, it's the, you know, you, it's not that you can't have a bad product, but it's not just the quality of product alone. It's also about the brand, the positioning of the brand. Um, again, Red Bull Cola, if they had given it a second brand name, perhaps could have had some possibility. But again, I think focusing on Red Bull for them, uh, which is doing very well, would be a better strategy. We're having this discussion of former I belongs to in the area of branding and marketing. That one school of thought believed that visibility is more important than ability. On branding and marketing, that is visibility uh -huh. more important than ability. Well, um, visibility is very important. Um, I think visibility um, will get people to try you, to learn more about you. Um, and if you don't have the ability, they're going to run away pretty darn quick. And they're not going to tell their friends about it. And, and that's what really, you know, builds a successful company in the long run. Um, but for sure, you know, a great brand without visibility is not going to go anywhere. If you have great abilities, but nobody knows about you, uh, nothing's going to happen. So, you know, it's a combination i think that you've got to you know have the visibility and then back it up with an ability to satisfy those customers but again you know you've got to think about you know perception of reality because you know think about red bull i mean if you took a mm -hmm. blind taste test um on that stuff and you didn't know what you were drinking i mean it's disgusting i mean really it doesn't taste very good um, you know, but people in their mind, you know, they think they're drinking an energy drink and it's the Red Bull brand and, you know, so, so they think it's going to give them all this stuff. And so they get excited about it and they like it. So their perception is good. And so again, you've got, it, it works with the mind. If you think it's going to taste good, it's going to taste good. Um, and, and so there's always that, that issue with it as well. Now, as a rounder of Laura, I wanted you to share with us your five all time favorite branding principles or strategies well yeah sure that's uh that's actually not too hard i mean um first and foremost is focus i mean that's what everything starts with um you, you in order to to start building your brand developing your strategy you need to have a focus um you need to stand for something uh the second thing is category um, you know, what category are we in? Um, are we trying to take a stake in an existing category? Uh, or are we going to try to build a new category like, you know, Red Bull did with energy drinks? 
Um, the third thing is the verbal nail. So what word are we trying to, to own? How, you know, can we, uh, you know, verb, is it energy drink? Um, you know, is it driving for BMW? Is it safety for Volvo? What, you know, what word, an idea are we going to drive into the mind? The, uh, the, the fourth thing is the visual hammer. So what visual? And sometimes you gotta, you think about, um, you know, the strategy. If, if you can't, for example, BMW initially tried to focus, you know, their verbal nail was performance. And, you know, performance is a great idea. Performance is actually probably, uh, more aligned with what a BMW is, but you can't visualize performance. Uh, so they switched to driving, and, and driving was was a better verbal nail because it could be visualized. You could visual show the commercials with happy people driving their their BMWs along the roads. And the fifth thing is battle cry, uh, and battle cry is having a memorable slogan that people in the company as well as your consumers uh, will remember um, and build your brands. For example, BMW of course is the ultimate driving machine. Everyone knows that slogan, and it's also something. You know, a battle cry should not just be for a, a month or a year. It should be forever, hopefully. I mean, BMW, is, BMW has been using their slogan for 35 years. When you finally get the right one, there's no reason to change it. Uh, you know, if you're Coca-Cola, it's the real thing. If you're Budweiser, you're the king of beers. Um, and so having, having those five things are really the key to successful branding your products, your service, or, or even yourself. And if you are Laura, you are. What? <laughs> if you are Laura, you are. Oh well, I mean, if if you are Laura, you're the you're the you're the branding guru. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's always uh, always hard to focus yourself, um, but and uh, it's even a challenge for for me. It's always easy to tell other people what to do, um, but you know we do. We we want to stand for for focus. Um, I don't know that, that companies in consulting, you know, exactly have a battle cry per se. Um, but I think, you know, our, those five principles and we've written five books that, that cover those principles, um, we think is what we, we, for people to understand us and, and our philosophy, um, talk about. Oh, lastly, in the, in the era of social media with brands and reputation, yeah. Uh, what would you advise a brand which is diving down and getting yeah. lost? How do they resurface their brands? Well, I mean, you have to refocus. I mean, you know, look back to, you know, what it was that, you know, first ignited your brand. What's the most special thing about you? Um, and get back to that. Um, you know, get back to that authenticity. Authenticity is an incredibly important part of, of branding. And so you need to, to do that. And, and with social media, I mean, people and brands that are unauthentic, you know, they get shot down pretty darn quick. Um, you know, anyone can run an advertisement, but, but you really have to, to be real in social media. Um, and, and you have to have a real point of view. Um, you know, for some mass brands, it's hard <laughs> to have, you know, a point of view. You, you don't want to piss off your consumers. Um, you know, but for us, you know, our point of view is about, you know, giving advice and, and helpful information on building brands. And so, you know, we try to provide that um, through social media and through the Internet and in our books and what have you. So, you know, thinking about 
not just, you know, what we have to say, but, but how can we engage? What is our point of view? What, um, you know, area or category can we be experts in that, that we can help other people? Um, because if, if you think, if you're too selfish in social media, again, it's horrible. People just hate that. If you're just trying to sell all the time, nobody likes that. Uh, you know, nobody wants advertising. I mean, we live with it, uh, you know, to get to the TV shows, but as soon as we could skip it, uh, you know, we were happy to do it. So, you know, if you want it to be successful, you, you have to be giving. Um, and I think that's a really important thing and, and have, you know, something special and some specialty that you're good at and expert at that you can help other people and learn from them and get advice and all those other things. Oh, wonderful. Great, great advice here by Laura. Laura, Leslie, what, what would be your billion dollar advice to the world? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we, we've said it I've said it a, a lot of times and we talk about it, but it's, it's always to remember to focus um, and, and to, to do it. Um, it's, it's easy to say. It's certainly hard to do. Um, you know, nobody, everyone wants to be good at everything, everything, everyone wants to try other things. But, you know, it really is much more important to, to really focus and be good at one thing um, and to follow through on that and, and thinking about, um, you know, ways that you can enhance that, ways you can verbalize that, ways you can visualize that. Uh, and I think it, it would help enormously. Um, and instead of, you know, thinking, how can we be generalists? How can we be specialists? Um, so everyone needs to focus. Focus is the word from Laura Reese. Well, it's been an exciting interaction with you. Laura, where can one get in touch with you and all your, all your other books too? Oh, sure, of course. Well, um, it's one easy spot. It's Reese, R-I-E-S dot com. And all the links to all the social media and information and books can all be found there. All right, so visit Reese dot com, R-I-E-S dot right. com. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. Thanks so much, Laura, and thanks for your time. Oh, thank you. All right, so at this time, I want to recommend my latest book, Reputation Management, 99 Ways to Build and Boost Your Brand Visibility. So check it on Amazon.com today. Visit Amazon.com slash author slash Bennett Kelvin. The book is Reputation Management, 99 Ways to Build and Boost Your Brand Visibility. The best is yours. Mm -hmm.